Hello, this is Al from Point of Insanity Game Studio. Now, before we begin this episode, why are fans snobs? I'd just like to say a couple things about the episode you're about to listen to. First, my guest, Dan from Radio Free Borderlands, we do get a bit animated and passionate about the subject that we're talking about today. In some cases, we do use a little harsher language than I usually use on my episodes. I do bleep out several swears. Um, also, there is a video that we refer to at the start of the episode. Uh, that video does use some profanity and potentially offensive language. So, just a word to the wise. Please use discretion when watching that video, you know, who you're watching it around and uh, also with this episode, if you usually listen to the podcast on speakers where anyone passing by can hear, you know, again, please, please use discretion uh, when choosing where and when to listen to this. You know, I don't want you to accidentally have uh, any young kids or friends or family members hear words that you don't think they should hear. Also, it may seem like we're attacking certain people. Please understand that the intention of this episode is not to try to offend anyone. We're not calling any specific person or group of people out, but rather we want people to recognize those who are snobby fans so that we can help set them straight and you know let them realize that, hey, by being a snobby fan, you're not doing any favors to your area of interest, to your fandom, and it makes you look kind of uh, negative to people outside of your area of interest. So with that said, please enjoy this episode, and thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. Okay, you know what? This is bull. I gotta break in, okay, dude? You, you, you call yourself a podcaster. You don't know what you're doing. You're just a noob. I'm not a noob. I you're a noob and a tool, and you, you don't do it right, and you obviously never listen to... Uh, what was that dude's name? Uh, the guy from MTV who did the podcast. Yeah, anybody, yeah anybody who wasn't around for that... Doesn't know anything. What do you mean I'm a noob? I've done over 30 episodes. Okay, okay, so so okay. that kind of sounded tooly, didn't it? Yes, it did. Kind of dickish. You know, and Dan? Assholeish, even. That was I a, keep doing that to you. I'm sorry. That's okay, because I have to hand it to you. That was actually a very good intro for today's topic. And that Whoa, is... Oh, because I totally didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> and today's topic is going to be... Why are some fans snobs? And the thing that made me think about this topic, there was a video that I saw on YouTube. There's a, a channel I watch every now and then called College Humor. Some of their stuff is good. Some of their stuff is kind of, eh. Some of it is really, well, it varies. But I like a lot of their stuff. And there's this one I saw called uh butthurt anime fan and you said you never saw that before so right before we did this 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 recording we decided to uh, i decided to show dan the episode you know butthurt anime fan mm -hmm. so of course if you want i'd say just pause it 
pause the podcast right now and go to YouTube, look up Butthurt Anime Fan. Uh, you can watch it, but... Unless you, you're listening to this on an Android, then you're not a real podcast fan. Yeah, I, I guess. But <laughs> anyways, actually, I... I don't Nothing know. Nothing against I, Andrew. I know you're 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 playing the role here. No, no, no. Yeah, well, I was just oh. when you have to explain the joke, it's not nearly as humorous. So, anyways, for those of you who maybe are listening to this at work or in the car and not in a situation where you can go to YouTube and start watching videos, here's essentially how Butthurt Anime Fan breaks down. It starts out with a guy and a girl. They're sitting on a couch and guy just makes a comment, you know, anime seems kind of pervy, don't you think? And then all of a sudden they're they're interrupted by a guy who I think he's supposed to represent like the older anime fans, the ones who grew up on stuff like Gundam, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Ninja Scroll. And, you know, he's saying that, you know, oh, you just don't understand the culture. And then he calls him, you know... It's a bit of a stereotype, though, you have to admit. I understand saying that there are anime fans that are kind of dickish. But at the same time, making him a a chubby, ponytailed neckbeard... Well, I think... It's a little unfair. I think they were trying to use the stereotype because that's probably how some people picture Mm -hmm. stereotypical anime fans. But... So it did he give me a chance to say the word neckbeard twice on your podcast. That's true. He essentially starts insulting this uh, this couple, calling them casual noob fans, and you know he starts flaming them, and, uh, and then a bunch of other anime fans appear around him, saying that you defended the fandom, and then they're like, okay, well, what anime should we watch? And then they have. That anime fan's arch nemesis, Ultimate Weeaboo 15, appear, who says, Don't listen to them, him. You know, I bet he doesn't, like, you know, watch whatever. And that one's supposed to represent the younger anime fan, I think. They start getting into an argument where they're insulting each other, and they start fighting, throwing weapons and stuff at each other. And then, uh, finally, near the end, one of the guys is like, Well, what, what about... Oh, yeah, while they're fighting, one of the... You know, the innocent bystanders caught in the crossfires like, well, we're just looking for a recommendation. And then uh, they decide, well, what about Avatar, The Last Airbender? Can we watch that? And they're like, that's not anime. It's made in America. And then the person who's supposed to represent the older anime fan, again, the pony beard, neck beard guy. Hey, ponytailed neck. I can say beard. neck beard, too. Um, well, he metamorphs into this big creature that devours the the weeaboo guy kind of looks like pizza the hut <laughs> kind of yeah and they're like oh well, then the two characters who are caught in the middle were like oh i get it now anime is great it's just the fans that suck which got me to thinking dan why are some members of a fan base snobs why are they hostile to people who are new to their area of interest okay I'm going to start this uh, basically from the beginning, and I think you got to go backwards in these people's lives, because if you take a good look at it, most of the people that are as obnoxiously snobbish about it as, as, as what you're discussing, and while it was a stereotype in the, in, in the movie, the little movie thing that we watched, mm-hmm. um, there's some truth to it. A lot of these people are what you would refer to as social 
freaking outcasts. Caught myself. People who maybe lived on the fringe of their social um, community. Nerds. And I, okay. not all nerds are like this, but most of the people that I've met like this are indeed nerds. Nothing wrong with being nerd, uh, but like I said, you know, when you're faced with constant, you know, judgment about you and everything about you and everything you like, and, and there have been studies to show that a lot of people's um, their 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 negative psychological issues do come during adolescence, and a lot of it can be based upon. Um, the things they've experienced. The things they've up. experienced within their peer groups. So people who say, "Oh, bullying means nothing," don't know what the f they're talking about, and should shut their pie holes <laughs> because it does affect you. It's been scientifically researched and proven. So, naturally speaking, everybody wants to be a part of a social circle. Everybody wants to be part of a community. Most people don't want to be alone. And the people who say, oh, I don't care, I like being alone, I, I don't like other people. <laughs> you know what those people are doing? They're posing. They're posturing. Oh. They're lying to make you think they're cool, and they're lying to make themselves feel better. And anybody who says otherwise is not only lying to you, but they're lying to themselves. And don't you have a degree? Sorry, in, don't you have a degree in psychology? I and, do. So that and kind I'm of uh, kind of this gives is one of the credits. few chances I get to use it. Yes, and because I work at a bank. Yeah, because you know it's like, and a lot of I think one of the reasons that some types of fandom can be snobby. And hostile to the newcomers. Oh, there's more to this. Okay. Okay. Can I so finish we... my Can I finish my sentence? You casual noob. Well, is, is is your show? Yeah, I can. I think I will finish my complete thought. My Would you thought. shut the f <laughs> up and then start talking back on the topic that you had already begun? Hey, don't tell me how to do my show, Bucko. Okay, Bucko. You noob. Get going with it. Okay, so. <laughs> Dan and I are actually really good friends, so we can say these kind of things to each other. But... Testicles. <laughs> so, as I was saying, what I'm, one theory that I've always had is that I think there's some people they are afraid that if there's a something they really like, such as a comic book or a TV show or a video game series, they kind of want the circle to stay small of the people who enjoy it. And I think there's a couple of reasons why that might be. Uh, one, and this I think can be a legitimate concern, is that when something goes mainstream, well, okay, let me start over here. Sometimes part of the appeal for something can come from the fact that it's not mainstream. So if you like some anime series, for example, or some obscure role-playing mm -hmm. game that you know hardly anyone knows about, in a way it's almost like, you know, that kind of makes me special or you know it, it it makes me different from everyone else so i think that might be one reason why some people are hostile to newcomers and their to their fandom mm -hmm. is because they like that feeling of enjoying something that is obscure and that not a lot of people are into but the other reason and again this is i think a legitimate this is actually the point that i think was legitimate uh not the, the one i was mentioning before Unfortunately, sometimes when something goes mainstream, 
it has to be made more marketable so that it appeals to the masses. And that's not always going to be a good thing if you're a hardcore fan. I mean, we talked a little bit about Metallica when we did our heavy metal episode. Do you think, in a way, it's kind of like that with Metallica and why some Metallica fans, well, people are now former Metallica fans, is because after the Black Album, they started to change their sound and their look and their attitude to something that most Metallica fans just weren't used to and couldn't accept? Nope. I mean, I, I do to an extent, but I, there's another part of it. That, that's what I should have said. Um, let's go backwards here uh, to, to, to the... Um the social puddle of pond scum that I was talking about. <laughs> okay. That's what they think they are. And mm-hmm. that's what other people might think they are. That's not what they really are. So just, I'm not trying to be mean here. They discover something that gives them joy. It's a video game. It's a role-playing game. It's a book, a series of books, a cartoon, a, a movie, a series of movies, whatever it is. Comic books, right? In, in a very dark place, that thing giving you joy, you're going to cling to it. It's going to have a special place in your heart. Now, I, I agreed with what you said about keeping the social circle closed to an extent because some of these people probably see, though, like when when you see another person, you a lot most people form an instant opinion of uh, of them. You know, these the, the whole idea of the first impression. Mm-hmm. It's a it, it's an unfortunate thing, but it's true. Yep, never get a fir- another so, chance to make a first impression. So, so these the, the social nerds who love these things, they they see another person come in. If they see that other person and instantly go, he's more like the people who used to beat us up than the people who liked the stuff we did. We will never trust them. The guard comes up, the defenses come up, and I think that's where a lot of us are coming from when they, they do this whole thing where it's like, well, you're not a real uh, fan of this thing, and then they make you try to prove it for days, weeks, and months. Part of that isn't necessarily these people going, I think I'm better than you. I think a good part of it is I don't trust you really like it, not because, oh, they're like a fake nerd, but it's more like, I don't trust you because what I'm afraid you're doing is actually coming around sarcastically to just attack me later on. Do you remember back when we were in high school, and we'd be sitting there relaxing at like a lunch or study hall, hall, and then one of those like asshole guys would come up and be like, I play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a level uh, 300 level with 214 armor classes. Yes, I and I remember people like that's that. Yeah, what a lot of these guys I think are thinking. Okay, here's a girl. She's attractive, and I'm not defending them. I'm yeah. not defending this. Oh, she's attractive. She's more like the people who used to pick on us all the time. I can't trust her. She's just coming in here pretending, and then she's going to pick on me later on and make me feel rotten again. It's a defense mechanism. And I'm not saying all the time it is, but I think a large portion of the people who act like this, they're doing it as a defense mechanism. Yeah, and I can see that because I'm glad you brought that up because I totally agree with you. As I said, back in high school, there were these... There were like two guys that I could remember doing it. There were probably more. But yeah, they would come up to us and be like, Hey, Al, I beat Dungeons and Dragons. Which, of course, 
you know, you don't really beat Dungeons and Dragons. You can complete a campaign, but you don't really beat the game. It's not like a video game. But if, so then you would, of course, we would try to play with these guys. We'd be like, okay, well, what was your armor class? And they'd be like, uh, 522, which of course, granted, in this was the era of second edition. So if you had an armor class of that, you, you'd pretty much. That's well, a moot point. No matter what version you're playing, <laughs> even the future ones at that time, yes. you couldn't get up to 522. You still can't. But so, you get the point. But yeah, they would, and you know, they would act like they were making fun of us, and in a way, we were kind of. They didn't realize it, but we were making fun of them back. Mm-hmm. I guess in a way, it's kind of like you ever seen Revenge of the Nerds two, Nerds in Paradise. Nope. The rival fraternity tricks the nerds into a place they set up to try to fake a sacrifice, claiming that they're uh, a native tribe. And during the sacrifice, one of the the nerds says something to these guys, you know, and then he's like, he tells his friends, no, you know, these are not, you know, these real members of the tribe because I just told them to bite my crank in this language and none of them responded. So... In a way, it's kind of like that, maybe, where mm-hmm. while they thought they were making fun of us, we were kind of making fun of them back, but they didn't really realize that we were making fun of them while they thought they were making fun of us. So, in a way, i got to tell you, that's, to me, you know, I, the, the, what I'm saying is, to an extent, you kind of have to forgive it a little bit. There are also a group of them that have been, you know, treated like this for years and years, and they're not doing it as a defense mechanism. They're doing it because... A lot of people who bully, in some cases, are you know, they they have been bullied themselves, uh, maybe by parents or siblings or whatnot. So what they're doing is, is yeah, yeah, the classic idea of I'm knocking you down to bring myself up, which is yep. unfortunate. There's going to be a little column A and a little column B, the defensive and the offensive. And isn't that one reason why some people bully is because, as for that reason you mentioned, where they feel they like. F- about themselves to begin with. Yeah. yeah, they feel like, okay, if I make you feel bad, I feel better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that, that certainly is you know some good points. This explains 90% of the comments that you're going to see on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, and I think part of the thing with the Internet is, of course, you have that a certain degree of anonymity. Is that how it's pronounced? Anonymity? Or... Anonymity. Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can hide behind which is one of the reasons I never got into online gaming because, you know, you're sitting there trying to play some online game and then you've got some guy accusing you of sleeping with his mother and calling you various uh, sexual and racial slurs. And again, he can do that because... They're telling you that they slept with your mother. Or I that your was, mother slept with everybody in the city of Harlem. See, I thought it was always, Even you know, though you don't live anywhere near there. I always thought, you know, when someone was calling me a mother it was because they were saying that they thought I f***ed their mother. Well, they're not saying uh, your mother. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and do some heavy editing. You did here. it first. Yes, that's okay. true. I, I started with dropping my first f bomb here. So, Golly. anyways, makes you seem edgy, <laughs> mature. Yes. How, how did Bender and Futurama put it? The X makes it sound cool. <laughs> It's like we have street cred now, you know. But never anyways. had street cred. No, I, I never had street cred. So okay. So we, it is possible that... I barely have geek cred. I, I, I trashed Final Fantasy VII in an earlier you episode. trashed Castlevania. People are crying right now. They're going to go to my, to my, my show and they're going to be like, I hate you! You hate Final Fantasy VII! 
Dan at RadioFreeBorderlands.com. I, I don't care. You play it. Have fun. Go nuts. I'm <laughs> yes. not going to play it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, I mean, well, and hey, you know, said we just did an episode about Castlevania where I was talking about how it was a pretty good game, and of course you were, uh, you had other opinions, which is fine. Yes. It's and, the same with these people who get all mad at you and they go, I can't believe you don't like Lady Gaga. You're right. I don't. But you should listen to them if you like them. Great. Good on you. I'm not going to ask you to listen to the stuff I like unless you're interested. So one of the things that these people, uh, let's just call them jack wagons or you know whatever you want that's that's nasty and vulgar, these people who are like, oh, you're not a true fan unless you like this. And I know you've, you're more active on the D&D boards than I am. Do you tend to see a lot of that people being like, Oh, you're not a true gamer unless you like second edition. No. You're not a true D and D fan unless you like third edition. Yes. So but you see people that do that for all editions or is it No. Just... No. Two. Two in particular. It's either the first edition or nothing because we're the originals, blah blah blah, Wankfest. Or it's the three point five people who started the edition wars. Sorry, but it's true. Wankfest. So why do you think that is? Because I know we've talked about this. Why do I think the 3.5 people started the the edition wars? Mm -hmm. Here's why. Because in between basic and first, it was seen as a stepping stone. And you could interchange as needed. You could play both. They were very similar. And they were being done at the same time. Mm -hmm. Between first and second, they made an effort to make sure that second edition documents worked within first edition documents and vice versa. You could interplay them, right? Right. And TSR went out of their way to say, we're not changing the rules or anything because first edition's bad. We're we're making it more accessible. It's the same rules. We're just we're just reorganizing them to fit the modern times. Modern at that time being yeah. nineteen eighty nine. <laughs> yes. Okay? It so, was modern back then to us. <laughs> so and and you and I have certifiable proof. We played with somebody, Josh, who would be like, uh, guys, you know, I like playing D&D with you guys, but I prefer playing a monk, and there's no monk in second edition. So he'd bring his first edition player's handbook, he'd write up a monk, and it integrated just fine. Yeah. So there was very little butthurt between first and sec- second edition players because TSR didn't come out and say, First we're edition scrapping sh- you know, we're we're yeah, we're basically saying we're making tweaks to it and it, we're unifying a I, few things. I was there, I heard the press conference, the announcement of third edition in nineteen ninety nine at Gen Con. And it was a whole bunch of the old version of the game is sh get this one now. And with the internet, everybody's going on there, they start this kind of talk. The edition wars started, boom, in 2000, with Watsy throwing the first shot. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that they said that. Well, uh, they were like, this game has a lot of flaws, and the best way to do it would be to completely change it. And all of this other stuff, and it was just, you know, it's like, it, it, it it was a division. Unlike the switch between first and second, where TSR worked really hard to not divide the players... Watsy didn't care. They divided the players. They didn't care. Yeah, and... Which brings up... I'm sorry, go ahead. And now it's worse. Because all of those people who turned into, like, these, like... uh, Die Hard 3 fans. Super um, partisans... 
for a per, for their particular edition, they're 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 as obnoxious as ever because now you have this whole group of these 3.5 people half of them switched over to Pathfinder so now you have the people who you know they're like 3.5 or bust no no you gotta try Pathfinder no screw your Pathfinder why didn't you guys like 4th edition it's not real D&D hey guys now I've got 5th edition shut up no just kidding well, yeah for- pretty much that's the pathetic part. It's a very good version of the game, and you got old school players and new players saying, "Oh, I like it," but there's these obnoxious weasel heads. Yeah, and for since I know Dan and I've you know heard a lot of his episodes on his his podcast. Uh, again, please understand one thing that I know Dan has said a lot is that he loves D and D. He he'll play any edition of it. So right now, I'm not knocking third edition or three point five. I'm knocking the loudmouth little. On the Watsy forums, who tell you that the only version to play is 3.5, and if you play first, second, or fourth, you're a horrible person and not a real player. I've been playing this game for over 20 years. Don't tell me that I'm not a real player, you little f***ing nuthead. So, Dad, are we almost kind of sounding snobbish in a way? No, because I'm telling you, play whichever one you want. Yep. I'm saying this, that snobby people need to, need a need of the forehead. Now, let's... You you brought up a phrase that I we should discuss, and that is nuthead. one of the things that no not nuthead not nuthead yeah nuthead, but one of the things that I hear people say occasionally when they are being snobby is oh you're not a true fan unless you like this oh you <laughs> like that you're not a true fan <laughs> so, oh my god you want the actually, worst of them sure the worst of them not just not just music fans not. I'm not talking about all music fans. I'm not even going to talk about all heavy metal fans. I'm not even going to talk about all thrash metal fans. I would like you all to... We're going to boil it down. I used to also frequent uh, a message board from one of my favorite bands of all time, Anthrax. I love Anthrax, and I like all Anthrax, and I... I I, I, I I really enjoy the version with Mr. Joey Belladonna, and I really enjoy the version of the band with Mr. John Bush. By the way, if you're a fan of his, Armored Saint came out with a new record a couple weeks ago. It's a very good listen. You should go check it out. Anyway, when Anthrax reunited with Joey and Danny Spitz in 2005, there were a lot of people who were upset because they felt like the rest of the band threw John Bush aside, and he had been very loyal. That's all they were ever saying. Uh, You know, we like State of Euphoria. We like... Um, um, persistence of time. We love Among the Living. Who doesn't love Among the Living if you're an Anthrax fan? It's their best goddamn record. And instantly they are barraged by people who have who ignored the band since 1991 or and, and, and proudly come back with the flag in 2005 telling all of these other people who like the John Bush record, you're not a true Anthrax fan. You don't like true metal. Now who do I sound like when I say true metal? Man of War? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay, seriously, Man of War is like the ultimate of like nerd metal bands. If you know a nerd, a big old D&D they probably like, nerd, they probably like Man of War. Like us? <laughs> yes, we like Man of War. We enjoy the Man of War. But and what so, does the Man of War do? You true metal. Well, and uh, well, okay, so what do you think then in your opinion what makes someone a true fan of something? You like it. Yeah, and I I agree cuz for me in order for someone to be a true fan, 
It just has to bring enjoyment to them, you know. And mm-hmm. we've Dan was saying this before in the case of Dungeons and Dragons, you know. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was ripping on the people who are the third edition warriors who basically say, yeah, third edition is is the be all end all. Anything else is crap. And I know I know a lot of people but, who, who prefer third edition. That's their favorite one, but they don't act like that. And I'm perfectly cool with those people. They're my friends. Yeah. I like them. I'm talking about the brainless little turds. Yeah, because I'm one of those people, we can agree to disagree on something. I know, like, for example, there's a guy who is another gaming group that, okay, uh, let me go back a little bit. I've been running campaigns at my local gaming store for a couple years now. So for me, in my case... I can't afford to be a snobby fan because occasionally I'll have people come up to my table and be like, what are you playing? I'll be like, D&D 2nd Edition. And if someone you know, says, hey, cool, can I play? I've never played 2nd Edition before. Of course, I'll be like, sure. You know, we'll be happy to let you, you know, join in. You know, or if you just want to watch, that's fine. Now, if, of course, if I said, oh, you've never played 2nd Edition? Get out of here, you noob. Obviously, that wouldn't reflect very well on me, and that might leave that person with the impression that second edition fans are snobs. Let me ask but you this. I'm, Have you ever had somebody come up to you and go, second edition? That's not real D&D. That's shy. I Or anything like that. There's a guy who's in another gaming group that plays the same weeks that mm-hmm. I usually do. We... get We get into friendly disagreements about it where, you know, he's one of those people... He really likes third edition, and that's fine. You know, he's not really, he's not one of those people who's like, oh, you like second edition, how, whatever. You know, he likes, I like second edition, he likes third edition. We tease each other about it, but not in a a mean-spirited kind of way. Okay. That's the kind of thing where I think, hey, it's okay to say, I like second edition, you like third edition, but both of of us like D&D, just different flavors of it. It's like, I like chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Nazi. <laughs> Some people like cookies and cream ice cream. Commies. <laughs> okay, well, what kind of ice cream do you like, Dan? Most of it. That's why I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but basically, okay, it's like some people like McDonald's, some people like Burger King, you know, whatever. You both like fast food. <laughs> You're both going to die from coronary disease. <laughs> 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 I just had Burger King for supper. Yeah, yeah oh. you, you have a Burger King cup sitting over there, yeah. Oh. Hypocrite. I'm not a hypocrite. I just made fun of myself just there. Yeah, I'm not being true. a hypocrite. That was setting up a good joke. Yes, it was. But yeah, to get back on track, uh, again, like with this guy at the game store that um, I chat with occasionally, you know, yeah. I mean, in my case, I can't be someone, I can't be a snobby gamer, a snobby fan, because in, to some extent, I put myself in a public eye, and I wouldn't want to be a snobby fan, because that's just not the kind of person I am. Like I said, I'm one of those kind of people, we can agree to disagree about mm-hmm. something. Well, that's the thing. In the past three years or so, I've played every version of the game, except for the white box. And every one of them had their benefits, and every one of them had their bright spots, and every one of them had something that made it fun. And every one of them had something that made me want to bang my head on the table. (laughs) But all in all, I have fun with all of them. Okay. There are some I prefer 
because of the way the rules play. There are some of them I prefer because I know them better. Okay, so let's talk. Uh, let's get off topic for a few for a little bit here. Basic D and D. What are some of the things you liked about that? And oh, I'm not doing this. Oh no, I told you. To me, this okay. is to me that that's the start of of. I don't want. See, you got to understand, you guys. Plus, this is something I want to talk about eventually on my show, and I can figure out a way to do it without sounding like an edition warrior. I, I, because because on my show we talk about every version of the game, and and I talk about stuff from all of them, and I because I don't want people to think we're edition warriors because I am not. Some of the people who have been on my show are. That's okay, but I am trying. I want to make it. In- I want to make an inclusive place for everybody to feel like this is about the game, and I'm having fun. Not this is this is this is uh, about the game that I love, but this guy keeps dogging the version I like. <coughs> the tome. Um, no, I was just saying, what what do you like about each edition? So that's what I would. What that's do I like I about each go. edition? You can play basic right out of the box. Yep, that's you can just of- get it and move. That's one of the things I like about it too. It's it's very simplistic. You don't have to. I think it's a good um, it's a good introduction RPG because mm-hmm. you don't have as many choices. You pretty much roll up your stats, choose your class, roll up your gold, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So okay, so we I think everyone can agree that uh, basic is one of the charms there. One of the nice things it has going for it is the simplicity. First mm-hmm. edition. It has the feel of the quote-unquote, and I talk about this on my show, the magic and the wonder and the mystery and the awe that um, leave me wanting more when I'm done with the game. Um, There's like a psychedelic feel to it that I enjoy. Okay. I have to say one of the things I like, I personally like about first edition, is I think it has a grittier feel to it. Because you didn't have as many character options. Mm-hmm. You had some. Oh, that's the other part. There's real danger in first. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to have as many backup skills to fall upon. Um, you're going to pretty much, well, you, like I said, you, you generate your stats. You choose your race mm-hmm. and class. Depending on the rules you have, okay, you've got your weapon and non-weapon proficiencies. But some of it, yeah, it could be brutal because... Right. It wasn't designed to be, I think it wasn't really designed to be as much of a heroic fantasy. It was more designed to be more gritty fantasy. But Well, it was also designed primarily by a war gamer. Okay. So, yeah. Second edition. Um, a. It easily converted older stuff to it. You could take anything from basic and first and turn it into something to play in second. B, it retained that psychedelic mystery and awe feel I keep talking about, while at the same time streamlining the rules a little bit more. And C, the amazing settings that they gave you. For me, I'd have to say the thing I liked about most about second edition, and I know there are going to be people that disagree with me, and that's fine. I liked how they gave you a lot. They gave you a fair amount of character options without having to, you know, release without having to drown you in supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I know they had the things like the complete fighters, the complete rangers, complete plans, etc. Bring me to the I, point I forgot. Yes, I really liked the kits because it was a it was an easy and convenient way to make fighter A different from fighter B. Optional option. Yes, this was something. First edition didn't have option. Third and fourth had lots of options, but they weren't optional. Especially when you're talking RPGA, you would go in and you'd go, well, I have this book, so you have to let me do it. Fine. You know, second, it, everything was prefaced with, it's you're the optional. DM, it's your table, you can tell the player to go get pissed if you don't want that at the table. They may not be happy about it, but you can. You can do it. Yeah, and, and that's where I like, this is a topic I want to explore in the future, but again, one of the things I did like about those books um, you know, as you said, they're the optional options, but, I mean, okay, you can only play so many fighters that wear plate mail and use a sword and a shield before it gets boring. But let's say you have the complete fighter's handbook. Well, let's say, okay, I see the swashbuckler. They're a lightly armored warrior that fights primarily with fencing blades like rapiers and sabers, so they're not going to be these big tanks and armor with swords. So... You know, maybe you might play a swashbuckler for a campaign. Right. And then maybe you might decide to try a more primitive uh, kit, like a barbarian, a berserker, a beast rider. So that's one of the things I liked about it, is it did give you options to really expand your horizons and play different classes. And or actually different ways to play the same class. Mm -hmm. Third edition. What do you like about third edition? It allowed characters to achieve an obnoxiously awesome level of power for good or for ill. That and those books were really sturdy. It's the only edition I've ever had where, as much as I've used the books, they haven't fallen apart. Okay. I'd have to say for me, I do like... There's two things that I really like oh, about... Oh, I apologize. One more. Uh, amongst all my players, one of the things I like about 3.5, the other thing, is that it's 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 one of my two middle-of-the-road consensus editions. When I can't get everybody to agree, it's one of the two that they'll be like, yeah, we'll play that. Okay. So third edition, what's the other one? Second. Second, okay. They all agree on those two. Okay. Well, the thing that I like most about third edition, there's two things that I really enjoyed about it. The, I did like the feats because, again, it gave you more customization options. And personally, I think even just the core player's handbook for 3.5 did actually give you a pretty good range of options where it wasn't necessary to go out and get all these other books. But mm -hmm. I also really like how they handled multi-classing in 3rd edition. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say, okay, you're a, a wizard, but you want to pick up a few cleric spells you know, just because it never hurts to have an extra cure, light wounds handy. You know, you could say maybe work to like third or fourth level as a wizard, then take, you know, maybe two or three levels as a cleric, and then be on your way. So I really liked that aspect of third edition where, I don't know, I just felt it gave you, gave you a little bit more flexibility with your character uh, creation options. Fourth edition. Number one, it was probably the best formatted version of the game. It was easy to 
find everything. In the Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, DMG, it was easy to find and easy to run. Um, monsters were easy right out of the box. Plus, while it became unwieldy at higher levels, at lower levels, all of the um, optional, or not optional, options for your combat are a lot of fun to goof around with. Okay. And I haven't played much 4th edition. One thing I will say, with the power system, I liked the idea of daily powers. Because, you know, again, you had this cool ability, but you could only use it once a day. So it made you think, okay, I'm fighting an ogre. Do I want to use this attack that lets me inflict triple damage, or do I want to save it just in case I meet something tougher later in the day? So that part I really liked, and in a way I did kind of like the... I forgot what they called them, but there were certain enemies that died with one hit. Oh, yeah. Um, Minions or Marauders or something like that? or Something like that. I, I'm, I'm exhausted right now. So. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I, I liked that because I think it made it a little easier to keep track of enemies during large larger battles. Because if I've got... If I'm running 20 Orcs and each of them has 10 hit points, you know, then i got to keep track of... Okay, let's see. Orc... Okay, you just hit orc number. Was it orc number seventeen or orc number sixteen? Okay, does uh, how many hit points did he have left? So yeah, I the fact that some enemies were designed to be weak enemies mm-hmm. that you could just kill in one hit, that I think did make running large scale battles against lesser enemies fairly easy. Fifth edition. I feel like it took some of my favorite parts about second with the way that it's nice and streamlined. And third, which, um, you know, it plays close enough to third that I can get all my 3.5 players to play it. It gives you a decent amount of options. They still remain optional. Um, There were a lot of little things that mimic the kits that I like. And... It's probably the best set of artwork I've seen since the beginning of second. Okay. And I haven't played it yet, so all I know about 5th edition just comes from reading the books or talking to you. Um, the One of the things I really like about it is it does seem that character generation does give you some pretty cool options how you can choose paths. Quick, too. So, yeah, that seems pretty cool. I do like the concept of the advantage and disadvantage roles. And another thing that I like about it, from what I've I, I've read in the book, I lost my train of thought. I'm going to well, then I'm going to interrupt you and say that there was another thing I really like. It's the idea of inspiration as a DM. See, and this is where the game pushes a little bit towards role playing and less towards you know constant combat, because you know they give you these ideas, and yes, they're options like everything, and they're like where you. Um, you use some of your 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 character ideas, your traits or whatnot, um, to influence the way you do things. And if the DM thinks you know, hey, he's doing a bang up job role playing, it'd give you a little bit of inspiration based on 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 some of the things you wrote down on your sheet, and it'll give you a little bonus when the time is needed. So basically, rewarding players for good behavior. I mean, they're not gonna you know, okay, get some to learn to role play better. Okay, that's cool. So. 
there you can see we're not, hopefully we're not coming across as snobs here with D&D or Edition Warriors. As we just said, there are things we like about each of the editions. Well, so, y okay, so going back to the idea of snobs, there are a couple other groups of people that I think need to be beaten with a stick for their snobbery. <laughs> Number one... And and, and and I'm telling you guys all of this based upon the fact that I enjoy these particular topics of conversation, right? One, automobiles. Mm -hmm. Talk to somebody about cars who's a big uh, gearhead, and you're going to be inundated with people going, Huh, you drive Fords. Fix your repair daily. Yeah, I've, I know. I've got friends on Facebook who are like either you know, super ultra Ford fans or super ultra Chevy fans. And it's like, I never really got into that. <laughs> and then music fans can be really irritating. And I should know, I'm one. Yes. Um, but I irritating not, music fan or just a music no, fan? No, I try not to be that kind. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, for example, I know a disturbing a lot of uh, trivia and information about various groups that I I, I really enjoy because uh, that's my, my thing. I it's my interest. Be like, oh, I really like Black Sabbath. So then I learn a whole lot about Black Sabbath. And people who are interested, who maybe I think might want to know about that, I'll tell them. And if they don't seem interesting, I'll shut the hell up. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't tell somebody, oh, you know, you're not a real fan of Black Sabbath. Okay, even though I've done it in the past, and I, I apologize for it. See, I'm calling myself out. You're not going to be like, oh, you like the Tony Martin era? Oh, no, you're no, no, not a fan. Well, I, I actually went the other direction back in the day. I used to be like, oh, here's this asshole. He calls himself a Black Sabbath fan. He only listens to the stuff Ozzy's saying. He's not a real fan. That's not fair of me either. I shouldn't have said that either. But you get my point. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. But there are people who, and I've heard them say this, and it just, every time somebody says this kind of thing, it just, bristles, okay? Where they'll be like be like, "Well, do you like the band uh so and so?" I'll say, uh, Aerosmith." Yeah, you mm -hmm. like Aerosmith?" And somebody'll say, "Yeah. Yeah, I got their uh, greatest hits, uh, got, you know, the greatest hits package so I can listen to those songs and then I I went and bought big ones that covers, you know, their their Jeff and Records area or, you know, era so I can listen to those and people will be like, "You're not a real fan if you just have greatest hits packages. You have to uh. buy all the records and you have to listen to them in order." Okay, can I shoot you now? <laughs> These are not true fans. Really? Here's what they are. They're beginning fans. Mm -hmm. See, you, you, who owns all of their live albums and all their studio albums, and you still bought those greatest hits packages because they have one song on them that's new. Guilty. <laughs> you are... A veteran fan, you've been listening to them for a long time. You had the chance to go and buy all of those records and see those concerts. They just discovered it. So they're going to start at the most obvious place. The greatest hits. The songs that you're going to know. Why would you dog somebody for starting to like a group that you happen to like? Right. They exactly. have to start somewhere, you dumb <laughs> Yeah, I can understand what you're saying because... Like I said, it's like with any edition of D&D. &D. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm not going to knock someone for... You know, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of 4th edition. There's a couple things I like about it. But I'm not going to knock someone if that's where they start because who knows? Maybe if you get into 4th edition, 
maybe that'll lead you to explore other editions because you'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, if this is the fourth edition, there were other editions and, before and this. And call it the way we see it. Okay, let's go back to these people. There are people who'd be like, if you've never played the early versions, if you've never played TSR, you're not a real D&D fan. That kid was born in 1998! He was still shitting himself when 3rd edition came on! He wasn't alive when TSR owned the game! Can you cut him some slack? Exactly, because we all have to start somewhere, and especially we have to be, mm-hmm. you know, more forgiving, you know, for hardcore, long-time fans. We have to be more forgiving with the younger people. Like, for example, when my son wanted to learn how to play Legend of Zelda, I... I can't knock him for wanting to learn how to play the original Zelda for the NES because he wasn't even born when that game came out. That game came out 18 years, 18 years before he popped out. Exactly, and it's like there are pe- there are honestly people in fandoms who will fault you for this. Okay, I'm sorry, I wasn't born when uh, Ozzy Osbourne was the singer for. Black Sabbath. Well, excuse me, princess. How can you call yourself a fan of Led Zeppelin? You probably never saw him live. Well, no shit, I never saw him live. John Bonham died when I was three. (laughs) Three! Okay, so... I I just learned how to not wet myself, thank you very much, chucklehead. Okay, so we've... I think we're about about time to draw this episode to a close, because we've gotten... You know, vulgar? Quite, yes, we've gotten vulgar. I'm going to have my... I'm a bad influence, you Yes, guys. you Should are. I come on every week? Just like He's me. never letting me come back, you guys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last you heard of me. I'm going to... Fa- Yay! Like- just kidding. Just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, I am officially the Chuck Cunningham of this podcast. <laughs> Jack Cunningham, last seen in the Cunningham's driveway playing basketball with Richie. <laughs> so- Whatever happened to Chuck... What they don't tell you is, is he was one of the first kids to run off to Vietnam and got shot up by the VC. It was too much for Howard. <laughs> okay. So who's, he never existed. Who's <laughs> who's Howard and Marion? That Chuck Cunningham? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, for like I think it was the first two or three episodes of Happy Days. Richie and Joni Cunningham had an older brother named Chuck. The Cunninghams okay. had three children, and Chuck disappears. It's kind of like, um, like on the Cosby Show, where at the beginning of the Cosby Show, for like the first two or three uh, episodes or whatever, he had four children. Then they decided, hi, we're going to tool with your show for a little bit. We're going to add a fifth child. We'll just say she was off to college. Ah. Even though in those early episodes, he, he distinctly said a few times, that uh, I have four children because I don't want five. Now, all of a sudden, boom, he has a fifth child. Well, it's like another show I can remember. They did something kind of similar. Did you ever watch Married to a Children? Yes, I did. In one of the later seasons, remember they introduced that character, Seven? And then he disappeared? Yeah, he basically just went to his room and never came back. Because <laughs> they, and I think it's because <laughs> the producers of the show realized that the fans hated him. So it's like, ah, go to your room, kid, and yeah. never come back. Well, you know what? I really, really wish that Hanna-Barbera would have figured that out and sent Scrappy-Doo to his doghouse and never let him come back out. Ooh. Well, wouldn't it be... Nobody liked Scrappy-Doo, Al. Oh, Scrappy. I thought you said Scooby. No, Scooby was cool. I didn't mind. Puppy power! And there you have the proof, people. I don't need to argue why Scrappy sucks. Al just did it (laughs) for me. Castlevania. Okay. 
Didn't we just do an episode where you talked about how much you hated Castlevania, the first game? I don't know what you're talking about. Jar Jar Binks. Dude, you're digging your own hole. <laughs> okay, you're right, I am. So, we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, sorry we got a bit vulgar and passionate during no, this you're particular... Not. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to be for interesting. It makes when you're passionate about what you're talking about, people listen. They go, "Oh my God, listen to these jerks talk! What a train wreck!" <laughs> okay, ah. so hopefully this episode hasn't been a train wreck, even though, like I said, we got very passionate about the subject. So, Dan, if you want people to take something away from the fifty some minutes we just stole out of their life, what would it be? If somebody says they're a fan of something that you're a fan of, and maybe they don't know as much about it as you do, or maybe they see it a little bit differently as you, instead of being a total dick, accept them as a fan just slightly different. It's not a contest. There is no first prize for being the bestest Biggest, happiest fan. There's no, no prize for owning every single Iron Maiden live album that ever was made. I'm sorry, you know I love Iron Maiden, but how many live albums do they need? They could have stopped after a real live one. That would have been two, two, <laughs> two. But anyways, but yes, and 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 that goes with you, music fans. Those are the ones I really want to talk about because you're the ones that don't think that you're nerds okay we're not nerds we're we're music fans we're we're cool we're hip we have artistic this and that um yeah you are i should know i can smell my own you're a nerd <laughs> just like me you just like different nerdy bands than i do i i like anthrax and blind guardian and black Actually, sabbath Dan. and led zeppelin and and you happen to like uh fish that's fine. I like fish, too. But, listen, maybe I don't like fish as much as you do. Maybe I just started liking fish. So I bought a couple of their live records where they have a good repertoire of songs from various uh, studio albums. Okay? Those are, again, let's, 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 let's all work together here. Can you say beginning fan? Now, I know I'm sounding a little jerkish here, but I'm trying to get the point across to... to some of those people who still aren't racking it in their heads, because there's a lot of you out there who are sitting there going, yeah, God, I hope some people... You, some of you might even be going, bro, you got to hear this, <laughs> because you want them to get the hint, okay? Those are beginner fans. They're just starting out on their journey. They haven't played as many versions of D&D as you. They haven't bought all of the records yet. They want to... Don't make them change their mind! Exactly. Don't discourage someone because, let's face it, we all start out as newbies. I mm -hmm. mean, again, talking about role-playing games, we came into the hobby in the late 80s. So... Good time for it. Yeah. I mean, and we came into the... Like I said, when we came into the hobby, D&D had been around for, what, about... 15 years. Yeah, about 15 years or so. And... So yeah, but you got to start somewhere. We just happen to have started on a mixture of first and second edition. Does that mean that we shouldn't go back and play basic? Everybody's no. a noob compared to somebody else. Exactly. There's always going to be someone out there that knows more about a subject than you do, and that's been into a, mm -hmm. a, a into a book or a movie. If, or if I go to Gary Con and I sit down at Luke Gygax's table, he can call me a noob. He's been playing since before it was published. Yep. So that's the only thing I would like you to take away is, remember, 
hey, if you like something, you know, don't be don't be rude about sharing it with other people. We all start as newbies somewhere, and as Dan was saying, yeah, yeah we all start as an. Eventually, we all start as a new fan with something, and we we work our way up. Maybe I, I've been listening to a band called Amon and Marth since 1998 when I discovered their <laughs> their their first CD, once sent from the Golden Hall. They're really cool. You should check them out if you like Vikingish death metal bands. Um, I've been listening to them for a long time. Uh, yesterday, Alec asked me online, hey, I've heard of this band. It sounds like something I might be interested in. Uh, where should I start? Did I say to him, you've never listened to Amon and Marth? You call yourself a metal fan? Douche? No. I said, oh my god, you totally got to start with this one. You're going to love it. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what you should be. Somebody's interested in what you're interested in. So, in closing, don't be a jerk. Don't be butthurt anime fan. If someone's interested in a movie, TV series, game, whatever that you like, you know, introduce it to them. Help them, you know, learn to appreciate appreciate it the way that you've learned to appreciate it because you don't want to give a bad name to your fan base mm -hmm. or anything the like, that you like. And if they like something a little different than you, that's let, fine. Let it go. They like a different anime than you. They like a different metal band than you, or a different jam band than you, or maybe a different sci-fi series, it's okay. We can we agree can, to disagree. We, we can all enjoy our overall genres without agreeing on the specifics. We all love America. So Dan, Why do you have to fight conservatives and liberals? Stop it! Hey, no politics. This is a non-politics show, but I all do I agree said with was you there. Stop yes. it! Yes, stop fighting and being jerks, but... Well, Dan, if people want to hear you rant more about uh, different editions of D&D &D or role-playing games and stuff, where can they find you as if they didn't know already? If, if honestly, they're really not sick of listening to me after all of this time. <laughs> and how many other why? episodes you've been on? My God, my wife. She, we're supposed to go on a trip tomorrow, and yes, yeah, she let me come here. What does that tell you? She wanted me out of the house to shut me up. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so... My radio horse. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the cool sounds of K-D-U-C, K-Doosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks again for listening, Radio everyone. Free Borderlands. Yes, Radio Free Borderlands. Um, and again, me, you can find me at POIGamestudio.com. Uh, you can find also Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook. Uh, also, you can find some of my older podcasts as well as my various products I publish on drivethroughstuff.com. So, thanks for, again for joining us. Have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming. Night Ranger! <laughs> That's for Dawn. Okay. Bye-bye.